The fashion industry is notoriously wasteful, but an expat designer now based in the US is leading by example, buying up unwanted garments made from quality fabrics and materials, which she then unpicks and reworks into high-fashion clothes for the catwalk. Esther Loffley and her husband Robert Catalucci work together on her label, and you can see some of her latest collections on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash standingroomonly. For well over a decade, she worked for the Royal New Zealand Ballet Company, and was head draper when she left in 2019 to work overseas before settling in Virginia. So, what got Esther interested in creating garments from clothing destined for the tip? There's so many garments that get thrown out that aren't just fast fashion as well. They're, you know, beautiful leathers, walls that are dated styles that no one wants to wear. So it's kind of crossing the bridge between my training and costume and using every inch of the fabric as well as having a a strong, sustainable message and buying quality, not quantity. So where do you go? I mean, I talk to so many people um, involved in costume who go to op shops, but I'm not sure, even in America, that you will get, you know, fine leather and Italian wool and silk kimonos in op shops, or do you? I mean, where do you source the garments that you kind of unpick and remake? Yeah, a lot of it I have been able to get from Goodwill and thrift thrift really this wow yeah the scale of everything here is just so much bigger so i have been really lucky and anytime i see something like leather or wool i just grab it so i've got quite a stockpile when you're unpacking though i guess these garments that means that there will be holes and potentially you know inconvenient places or when you're creating the garments because this is high end is it okay to have a tiny pinhole somewhere where it shouldn't be? I mean, do people understand that the garments you're making are made from pre-loved materials? Yeah, they do understand that, but a a lot of the garments I do use are are big, like overcoats and things like that. So the patterns that I have fit within that. And sometimes the, the garment that I'm undoing may dictate the style of the coat that I'm making if it has great pockets or epaulets I'll reuse that but also I reuse everything the linings the zips the buttons and getting those things new it would be you know it's expensive to buy things and get it shipped and that's also another carbon footprint so using every possible inch of the fabric to recreate and the patches on some of those garments that I've made are really small, so they are really time-consuming too. What about awareness of consumers? So you are committed to sustainable fashion, as I say, in, a, in an industry that has a, a bad reputation for waste, so you're doing your thing. So you're finding that people are prepared to do their homework when it comes to opening up their wallets yeah. for fashion? That is the difficult part. I mean, the conversation is more and more, which is really um, encouraging. But yeah, it's getting people to justify their spending. And also when it comes to buying a quality garment that is made either locally or there is a lot of time gone into it, people are still wanting to pay fast fashion prices. So getting someone to justify spending maybe $500 on a coat as opposed to $50, that I think will get easier. But yeah, that is, that is the challenging part. When people do put on 
my clothes. It, it reminds me of working in theatre. Like they're immediately putting on a costume and they feel good in it, and it can be altered to fit them. So it's not off the rack. It is a one-off garment, and they can have a hand in the design process too. Something that they they know they like. So it's slowly but surely. I feel I feel like we'll get there. In terms of your recent collections, we've seen the the streetwear, the high-end streetwear, is how I'd call it, but you've done two collections. So what else are you working on? Yeah, so the two collections, one was the streetwear, which were kind of bomber jackets, zip-up, some of them reversible, and all done with reused leather, a lot of it patched together. And the high-end sort of luxury coats, which were all more tailored garments, overcoats, uh, and I was lucky enough to be able to source actual Italian leathers, Italian wools at thrift stores and unpick them, reuse the buttons. and Yeah, two collections, one more high-end and one more street. In terms of other designers over there in the States, are more and more coming along the same lines and trying to reduce waste and use previously loved garments? Is, is that becoming a thing? I think so, yeah. I, I have been doing research and seeing what other people are doing. Uh, it's still more on a, a bigger scale or they're sourcing fabrics more sustainably. So it's not reusing garments. And there's a lot of places that do scrap salvage where they redistribute offcuts of fabric and things like that. But I'm still familiarizing myself with what the market is and what others are doing. Well, as well as uh, working on your collection with Robert, of course, you are a natural-born collaborator, and I think you've got something exciting coming up in January. Yeah, I, uh, in between making these two collections, I've still been working with uh, Susan Roma, who's a San Francisco-based costume designer, and and working with Bal Canaparoli on his new work coming up in January. So, yeah, that's exciting. That will be uh, staged in January with the San Francisco back. What's the difference between a costumier and a fashion designer? I mean, how similar are the two jobs, if you like, the two roles, and how different? The thing I've always loved about costume is telling a story and working with designers and then now that I'm designing and collaborating, making these collections, it still feels very much the same, except I'm going from my influence <laughs> and working with the materials that I have at hand. Everyone knows what they feel comfortable wearing and, and you know, might have that, that one garment that they really love and want to recreate in some way and it makes them feel a certain way and and they would wear that to a certain event. So it, it is still the same but different. I last spoke to you on air when you were with the Royal New Zealand Ballet, and you had a long career there, the later years as head draper. What were the main skills, Esther, that you learnt during your time with the ballet that you've brought with you? I mean, not the basic sewing skills, obviously, or, or that sort of thing, but were the things that you've learnt during your time for the ballet that you found really useful? Oh, so much, so much. I mean, the the majority of what I learned and where I've come has, has come from, from working with so many talented, not only designers, but other drapers, 
and costume shop managers who have come through uh, Royal New Zealand Ballet when I was there for, I think it was 12, 12 years. Yeah, it's hard to put my finger on exactly what I learned, but it was, yeah, it was a lot. I sort of fulfilled so many different roles in the 12 years that I was there and worked with so many different people. That's very New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah, and when I came over to America, because I, I embarked on a sort of a sabbatical or study trip, visiting other ballet companies and theatre groups, and just sort of observing how their costume shops were run. And what I noticed is that a lot of the staff were a lot more specialised and didn't always come up sort of from assistant to draper. It was specialising in draping or pattern making from the beginning. I was really lucky to have learnt so much at Royal New Zealand Ballet and in so many different aspects. Expat fashion designer Esther 